Spirit. Holy Spirit, bring back to our remembrance what the Word has spoken unto us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing, making known what we do not know through the Word of God. And I thank you, Father, that as I open my mouth tonight, you have already filled it. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God for bringing us together once again. Amen. Amen. I have been teaching on 911, what is your emergency? Lost souls. And we're going to continue that teaching. And tonight, what I want to go into, I'm going to go briefly back over what we have been over so far. We started in the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, and this is talking about God's creation and what Um, how God created the heaven and the earth. And then it goes on um, in chapter 2 to talk about man, how he formed man in his image. I mean, how he um, breathed the breath of life into man and man became a living soul. So we see that he put man in the garden to keep the garden. And we know that Adam, he named the animals and God gave him a helpmate, which was Eve. So the way God set up everything, it was good. The Bible said it was very good. So we know that there was no sin in the world. And being that there was no sin in the world, they didn't have to deal with sickness. They didn't have to deal with disease, diseases. Everything was good because God created it that way. But when we go into Genesis chapter 3, we see where um, Satan came in on the scene. He, he used the serpent. Um, and they and he deceived Eve. Eve ate from the fruit of the tree, and when she ate from the fruit of the tree, she gave some to Adam. And then we see how sin came into the world through them eating from that tree. And God told them in chapter two not to eat from the tree because if they eat from the tree, these are the consequences that they would have. They would die spiritually, spiritually, not physically, but spiritually. So. Where I want to go tonight, I've, I've been talking about 911, what's your emergency, lost souls. I want to go over a little bit what it means to be lost, because I believe people in the world really don't know that they are lost. They're thinking that they're living um, a good life because they have everything that they need, their bills are paid, people in their families, they're doing well, as can be expected. So they don't think that they're lost, they're thinking that they're okay. They're thinking that um, when, they're di- when they die, that they're still okay. But a person that's lost is a person that's not saved. That's a person that does not know Jesus. And we went over that. God does not want anybody to be lost. He wants all of us to come to what? The knowledge of the truth. So God is um, actually not, um, he's putting off his time of coming because he don't want nobody to be lost. So that's just how much the Father loves us. You know, he's waiting to come because he knows that there are many people out there that need um, eternal life. So let's look at the word lost. Like I said, the word lost means not saved. That means that a person is not saved. They're doomed to destruction. They are destroyed. They are ruined. That's what lost means. Go to Matthew 10, verse 6, and we're going to talk about that a little bit to break down loss. Um, we've been going through the book of Genesis, and we're going to get up to Exodus, and it's talking about God's people, Israel. 
But in Matthew 10, verse 6, this is what was going on. It says in verse 6, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is when Jesus was sending out the disciples. And he was sending out the disciples to preach, um, you know, the good news, um, to, to heal, deliver, and to do all that he was doing. He gave them power to do it. But look what he said. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Israel was lost. They were not saved. They needed Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. But guess what? They didn't see it. And this is what I'm saying today. People need Jesus, but people don't think they need Jesus. Just like Israel didn't think they need Jesus because they felt as if, okay, I'm um, a part of Abraham. So if I'm a part of Abraham, you know, I can go to heaven through obeying all of these commands. And we know that none of us can keep the commandments of God. If you miss one, you miss them all. So he said, go rather to the lost sheep. He knew they were lost. They were not saved. But within themselves, they're thinking that they're okay. When we're around people in the world and you're living that life for God and you're living that righteous life. And some people say, you know, I know God. You ain't the only one that's saved. But you can look at their life and you can look at your life and you know that there's a difference. All of us that serve Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be a light unto the world, and there do not supposed to be any darkness. So as we were going over in Genesis, I'm going back to Genesis, when I'm looking at the word lost, we're going to go back to when sin came into the world, there was Adam and Eve, in Genesis um, chapter 4, they had two sons, which was Cain and Abel. We know one was a keeper of the ground, another was a keeper of the sheep. One was a shepherd, one was a farmer, which was Cain. So we know what happened with Cain and Abel. Cain was upset because Abel's offering was accepted, his was not accepted. So God knew that Cain was upset because of what had happened, because God saw the continents on his face. And he said, Cain, if you do well, don't you know that you shall be accepted? So he was telling Cain, sin lies at the door and waits. So we know that Cain killed Abel. And then after he killed Abel, we know that was um, Cain had a generation that came through Cain. And that generation was an ungodly generation. Then we see in that very same chapter that um, Eve began to have another son named Seth. And then that was the godly generation. So we'll look at light and we'll look at darkness. Now, the ones that were in darkness, it didn't seem like it was darkness there because when you get used to doing what you do, you feel like you're living like everybody else is living. Let's say you have light over here and dark over here, and it looks like it's the same thing. I look at Athea, and I say, oh, Athea's doing well. She's healthy. Everything is going good with her. Then let's say somebody look at um, Sister Jennifer, and they look at her and say, oh, she's healthy, everything is going good with her, she got money in the bank, but there is a difference between Athea and Jennifer. Now, we know both of these girls are saved, both of these women are saved, but let's say that Jennifer is unsaved and Athea is saved. Both of them look like they're living a good life. Athea's life is good, Jennifer's life is good. Jennifer is seeing what Athea has, Athea is seeing what Jennifer has, but it's something Athea have that Jennifer don't have. She have a life that goes on that does not cease to exist. She has eternal life 
But Jennifer don't have that life. So even if somebody walked up to Jennifer and say, you lost, you know, you don't have what you need. And she's thinking, I have a home, I have a husband, I have children, I have money in the bank, I have good health. What else do I need? She's lost. She's lost and she need to be found. Athea got eternal life. So no matter what happens or what goes on, she's going to have a life that goes on forever, even after death. There is a difference. But in the world, people are looking at, you know, even though this one is saved and I'm not saved, my life is just as good as their life. They are lost and don't even realize that they're lost. Let's look at Jennifer and, uh, and um, Athea again. Let's say that both of them are saved. And both of them supposed to be living a godly life. But let's say Jennifer is in the, the word of God and she's seeing the promises of God. And she's seeing what God is saying to her. Let's say Athea is not in the word of God. Both of them are saved, but Jennifer's life looked totally different from Athea's life. Even though both of them are saved. Why does it look different? Because if Jennifer is in the word of God on a daily basis and somebody come up to her. And they're upset with her and they're cursing her out and she's turning the other cheek and she's blessing the one that cursed her and she's loving the one that hate her. And then here come Athea, somebody come up and they begin to curse her out and she say, you better get out of my blanky blank face. I'm tired of this monkey business. <laughs> I don't have to put up with your blankety blank. Both of them are still saved, right? So when people look at them, what are they seeing? See, she's not lost. Athea's not lost. She's saved. But the life that she's living is looking like she's lost. It's looking like she's still in the need of a savior. And this is why we have to connect with who we are in him so we can live that life that God has given us. Because when you really accept Jesus, light and darkness do not mix. So when we look in the Bible, this godly generation, this ungodly generation, we have to see there have to be a what? A separation. And what was happening, we talked about in um, Genesis, the fifth chapter, when it was looking at King's generation. And then we get on to the sixth chapter when it's talking about the sons of God. It's talking about Seth's generation, which was the ones that was righteous. He did not want Seth's generation to hook up with King's generation because he knew that generation of King was evil. But what happened? They began to come together. They began to marry. And then he looked at how ungodly the whole earth was. And God was very sorry that he had created man. So the next thing God had to do, he said, I got to literally get rid of man. I got to literally destroy, you know, man off of the face of the earth because they're um, sinning continually. Everything about them is evil continually. So what was God doing? He said, there have to be a separation. But guess what? In that generation, what did God find? He found a just man. He found somebody that was righteous. So where am I going with this? We can be in this world, but we don't supposed to be doing what the world does. There's supposed to be a separation between light and darkness. And when people see us, they're supposed to see light. When they see the world, they're supposed to see darkness. If you're not seeing light from a person that's born again and you're seeing nothing but darkness, they need to check their salvation. Because there's no way you can say you serve 
a loving God and you live in any kind of way. I'm going to go back to look at Noah's, um, Noah. He was found righteous. There was a whole um, uh, generation that was evil. So God said, I have to do away with that generation because it's just so much violence on the earth and they brought the violence on the earth. I'm going to do away with that generation. But I'm going to take Noah and I'm going to take his family. And he said, from that family, they're going to replenish the earth. But guess what? Noah had to come into alignment and do what God told him to do. Noah had to represent what? Light. He had to separate himself from darkness so while Noah was making their art guess what they were doing they thought it was okay they say Noah he's gone crazy what Noah is doing don't look right why in the world is he building this big ark and there's no rain coming it's nothing happening so Noah was what crazy so when Noah got through building this ark and guess what it took many years for this ark to get built so by Noah doing something different than what they were doing, guess what? That, that should have showed them, okay, something must be happening for him to continue to work on this art and not, you know, share in with what we're doing. So we see how Noah, what? He shut himself off. And this is what we're supposed to be doing, the ones that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We don't supposed to be doing what everybody else is doing. We're supposed to be a light that sits upon a hill for what? It's shining for the whole world to see. So the lost is not seeing what they need to see from the ones that's supposed to be light. How in the world can I invite somebody to come up in here and hear me when my home life is tore up? How can I sit in front of you guys and tell y'all about Jesus and tell y'all what the words say. And my husband is looking at me cross-eyed and say, that ain't the same person. That's not the same person I married. That's not how she acts at home. She's doing one thing here, but she's doing another thing at home. So I'm looking like a lost person to him. Have y'all ever heard a person say to you, I thought you were a Christian? We're going to get to that too. Some people say, I thought you were a Christian. You talking to me like this, I thought you were saved. And some people say, I'm still saved and curse you out. But <laughs> there's supposed to be a difference in the way we live than how the world is living. We don't supposed to debate with who we are. We don't supposed to debate in what we do. When we know we're doing it unto the Lord, guess what? God is our vindicator. God is going to be the one that takes care of us. We have to understand that. A lost person is not going to see what you see. And even a carnally minded Christian is not going to see what you see. Their understanding is going to still be darkened even though that they're saved because they're not renewing their mind and light and illumination ain't coming to them the way it need to come to them through the word of God. So God said people really don't understand what lost mean. People are saying I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, but they're still living a worldly life. People are not seeing them the way that they need to see Jesus Christ. They're seeing them like the world. So when we look at loss, it said, being not saved. Here go another scripture. Matthew 18, 11 says, For the Son of Man came to save from the penalty of eternal, of eternal death that which was lost. This is what he did. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus know that it was people in the world that was lost 
So he came to seek and save that which was lost. So people are lost and really don't know that they're lost in this dying world outside. So we have to be so careful to understand what Jesus is saying unto us. He wants people to understand that they are lost. And if people don't understand that they are lost, they don't need to be found. I'll give you another example. Have anybody ever been on a tour somewhere? Let's say Disneyland. And it's so big, you don't know which way to go. You don't know where you are. Sometimes people need people to guide them because if they don't, they will get lost. And they're trying to find their way to a particular place that they need to go to, right? So this is how lost people are in the world. They're so lost, they're they're thinking that they don't need no help. They're blinded, their eyes are blinded because their way of living, it seems like it's okay. I know when I was growing up, um, somebody would always tell me, you are so good, you just need to go ahead and get saved. And the Bible said there's none good, no, not one. So when they were telling me that, I'm saying the life I'm living It may appear that I'm a good person, you know, in the natural, but deep down inside, I hadn't accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So I was lost, but everybody was looking at me like, she's okay. She don't go out, she don't smoke, she don't drink, but I was not okay. I was looking good at some Christians, but I wasn't saved. So they didn't know if I was saved or if I wasn't saved because the lifestyle that I carried, because everything looked good. Lost is lost. There's no way around lost except through Jesus Christ. So this is why we as Christians should be out there ministering to the ones that's lost. How do we minister to them? By giving them the good news concerning Jesus Christ. By letting them know what Jesus have already done for us. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 3. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says... But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are who? That are lost. It said, if the gospel is hid, it is hid from them that are lost. So he's still talking about lost people. Those are people that are not saved. It is hid from the lost. Look at John 3, 15 through 16. John 3, 15 through 16. It says that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, that may be lost, but have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish shall not be lost but have everlasting life so Jesus came to seek and save those that was lost see Jesus was bringing the good news concerning the kingdom of God to let people know you don't have to be lost anymore I'm coming to bring you a kingdom a kingdom that will give you eternal life and you get that eternal life through me and the only thing you have to do is accept me to have this eternal life but how can you accept someone you know nothing about so we have to bring the good news to people concerning the kingdom of God and in order to get to the kingdom it is through Jesus Christ so when you begin to minister to people and I can tell some people that are truly lost and they're saved how can I say lost but they're saved because they haven't come to the knowledge of the truth yet so they're talking like a lost man but yet they say I'm saved I can say this right here. If I do something differently from Jay back there, if he do one thing one way and I do one thing another way, but it's the same thing, it's just done a different way, some people would accept his way over my way, 
but we're doing the same thing. So some people say, you're wrong in what you're doing, um, Jay. You're not doing it the way she's doing it. But he's doing it according to where the word of God says for him to do it. The word don't change. God may use people in different ways, but the word is going to remain the same. So some people will say, you're not doing it right this way, or you're not doing it right this way, but the word is going to remain the same. So a lost person, what they look at is, this is what I heard, a lost person. This is the way I perceive this verse. They're lost. They're not going to have any illumination and light from that verse. But if you're giving them revelation from the word and it's hidden from them because their eyes is blinded, they're looking at you like, no, that's not what I heard. So I'm not receiving what you're saying. They're still lost. And the enemy want them lost. Why? Because he don't want that light to shine in the midst of that darkness for them to have what Jesus have come to give them eternal life. Let's go back to Genesis again. I want to go up to the point about Noah. Remember, Noah was the ones that was righteous, right? They, the other people were lost because they didn't want to accept what Noah was doing. So how did they look at Noah? They looked at Noah like he was the crazy one. Noah was building the ark. He was preparing the ark for um, them to go into that ark. But they refused what Noah had. So what did God do? He took Noah and his family. He put them in the ark along with the animals. And who shut the door? God shut the door. So why am I bringing this back up again? Because if God is giving you the good news, if he's giving you, um, you know, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ by sending people to minister to you, you cannot wait until the day that Jesus come. And now all of a sudden you're ready to believe and everybody done been raptured up. You're going to be left behind. So you're doomed for destruction. And this is where people are today. People don't want to accept what you have because they say, I'm living a good life. I'm living too good to give up this life I have. I have money. I have a husband. I have a girlfriend. I have a boyfriend. I have many friends. I'm um, healthy. I have everything I need. So what do you have that I don't have? Look like I'm living better than you. This is why, y'all, when you go out and you minister the gospel, the good news, this is where the signs come. This is where the miraculous come. Because it's one thing that you can give them that nobody can give them. When you begin to lay hands, when you begin to tell them something that they told nobody and they know that this has come from God. So when Noah, when God shut that door, guess what? Everybody that was on the face of the earth, even the animals, what happened? They died. Everything that had breath in their bodies, what they died. So God was starting what? A new generation. If y'all follow the book of Genesis and see how loving God is, God knew I didn't create this earth to be this way. He didn't create this earth with violence. He didn't create this earth with, you know, molestation, incest. He didn't create all of these things. So God said, being that I didn't create all of these things, I don't want my people staying here on an earth that's filled with this violence, that's filled with this corruption. I want to give them a new heaven and a new earth. But the only way that they can get to this new heaven and new earth is through my son, Jesus Christ. But before you even get there, I want you to experience my goodness in the midst of trial and tribulation. I want you to experience my goodness in the midst of sickness and disease. I want you to experience all of me in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. So the more time you spend with him, just like Noah, 
Noah spent time with him. God found him a just man. He felt found somebody that was perfect. He found somebody that was righteous. So Noah, he used Noah. After he used Noah, y'all know Noah come out of that boat. He did what he had to do for the Lord, but Noah got drunk. <laughs> Noah was shut up for all that time. Noah got him a vineyard and Noah got drunk. But guess what? God was still using Noah, even though he got drunk. God still loved Noah. So what am I saying to you? We do fall sometime, even though we're saved. But what we do, we get back up and we begin to do what God tell us to do. Look what happened to Noah after then. That the son come in, Ham, found his daddy naked, went out and talked about his daddy nakedness. But the other two sons, what? They covered his nakedness up. Guess what? Through Ham doing that, what happened? One of his sons got what? They got cursed. Now I'm going somewhere to understand separation and being lost. So we look at those generations. It was Noah and his three sons. They were to what? Repopulate the earth, right? So when you look at that generation, you look at um, Shem, which came, Abraham came through him. Now check how God did this. Through each generation, God had to find somebody righteous. Isn't that something? All those generations, Abraham was the one he found righteous. Guess what he had to tell Abraham? Remember, I'm dealing with separation here. If we're saved, there's supposed to be a separation between light and darkness, right? So each time God got someone, what did he do with that someone? He separated them. What did he tell Abram? He said, get from around your relatives, your country, really get from around what you're familiar with. He was separating him from all of this evil, from all of this other stuff they were doing. God said, I want you to myself. So he told him he had to leave from around that. Why am I saying this today? In each generation, God has someone that's going to stand for what's right, regardless of what people say about them. They're going to be talked about. They're going to be ridiculed. But look at these generations, y'all. You go from Adam to um, Cain and Abel. Cain, he died. So guess what God did? He got him another seed. It was through Seth's generation, did he not? Then he went to Noah's generation, all the way through Noah. And guess what? Through Noah's generation, it came who? Abraham. If you go through the Bible, okay, we're going to get to Moses. Moses come through that generation as well. So he had to pull somebody out of each generation for the plan and the purpose that he had for this earth. What was his plan and purpose? To let people know you don't have to live this way. He said this, he wanted somebody to show his attributes. He wanted somebody to show them how they needed to be living on this earth. We as Christians should supposed to be showing people, no, that's not, that's not God in a loving way. No, that's not the way we do things. This is the way we do things. Let's go back to the families, how, how the separation was. So we got Noah, then we got Abraham, right? Here come Abraham. Guess what? What did Abraham do? He took Lot with him, right? Let's go back to the separation with Abraham and Lot. What did um, Abraham do? You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. So guess what? Separation came. What happened after separation came? God said, now Abraham, look up. All that you see, as far as your eyes can see, I'm going to give it to you. But what had to happen first? Separation had to take place. Some of us do not want to separate. 
We don't want to separate ourselves from things that are ungodly because we feel like I don't want to hurt this one feelings and I don't want to hurt that one. Feel- oh, that's my friend. You know, um, I believe that I can get them to serve God. Evidently, it's your lifestyle that's stopping them from serving God. Because if you are going by what the word of God says in a loving way, it's going to draw them or it's going to drive them. You supposed to be the type of person that when you pull up, either they're running to you or they're running away from you. Which one are you? Because when you're standing for God and you're standing for what's right, now, not beating the word on people's head every time you pull up. Well, thus says the Lord, you hell bound. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that the love that you have for God so much that when you do pull up on the scene, people will look at you funny. You haven't even opened your mouth. You just walk through the crowd. The, the glory of God walk through the crowd and hate start popping up. Everything start popping up because you popped up. That's when you know that you're really serving Jesus. Even on your job, when there's a difference with people that are around you, when they come around you, they'll say, I feel so much peace. I mean, since I'm around you, I have so much peace. I didn't have this when I was over there in the next room, but over here, I'm feeling so much peace because it's the peace that's coming from you from God. So they're, they, they, you feeling, they're feeling the peace. And all of a sudden, God is giving them what they need. Why? Through you, because you're light. And that light is what? Overshadowing the darkness. So there's supposed to be a separation. We go a little bit further when we look at Abraham and his son, Abraham and his son, um, Isaac. Now, you see how he separated from Lot, right? Then he waited to get who? Isaac. But before he had Isaac, guess what happened with Abraham? Remember, he's righteous, but Abraham lied, right? He said that Sarah, Sarah was his sister, but he told her to lie. The lie, she, he was, she was his wife, but he said, I want you to lie and say you're my sister, right? So this is what she did. So there was a lie. But then guess what happened too? He ended up sleeping with who? His concubine, his, uh, that ser- her servant, and he ended up having who? Ishmael, right? So there was two things that Abraham done. But guess what God did? Here come another separation. When you look at the word of God, after Isaac come forth, his wife, Sarah, the very one that told him to, lie, to lay there with that woman and have her a child, when Isaac came forth, she went to Abraham and said, get rid of Ishmael. He cannot stay here with Isaac. He's mocking our son. And guess what God told Abraham to do? Abraham, you're going to have to do like Sarah said because light and darkness don't mix. Who would do their son like that? Abraham obeyed God. He got rid of Ishmael, but God gave him a promise. He said, I'm going to make a nation out of him because of you. So look how they had to still separate though. He had to get that child out of his house because two nations could not stay in the same house. This is why is is I'm going to say this. Men cannot be dropping seeds everywhere because you have rivalry everywhere. And what happens is when men drop these seeds everywhere, now women got something to do with it too. You have different children out there trying to come together and can't because of things that are going on with each person. 
So Abraham did what God told him to do to get rid of Ishmael. So he had to get rid of him, right? So here's Isaac, y'all. So y'all look at the generations. You have Abraham, you have Isaac. Then when you look at Isaac, Isaac is going to have what? Another generation, right? But look at what God did with Isaac. Abraham ended up wanting Isaac to have a wife. You know what he said? Do not have, give him a wife through these Canyonites. He said, because these Canyonites, he said, they're not our people. He said, I want you to go to our people and find a wife for my son. What was he doing? A separation. Light and darkness does not mix. You cannot mix the loss, somebody that's not saved, with somebody that's saved. Because this is where we have all of this stuff going on. So why am I saying all of this? People that are lost don't know they're lost because some of us Christians are still acting like we lost. They do. Some of us still act like we're lost because we're doing what the world does. So how can they tell the difference between a Christian and a, and a sinner? Because some of us are doing the same thing, but yet we say we saved. Some of us are still partying with sinners. Some of us are still drinking. Some of us are still cursing. Some of us are still doing what we shouldn't do. So some people say, if I need to serve the same God you serve, and I don't want to serve him because you're doing the same thing I'm doing. So how can you tell me I'm living the, a wrong life? We don't, do, we don't act that way. You cannot put a title in front of your name and then you go to a party and people see you party and then you still say, I'm still saved. You may be still saved, but you ain't acting like you saved. Your life is not representing who you are. So who want to follow you? Who want to follow that type of life? So the loss, people that are lost don't know their loss. And the problem with them not knowing their loss is because of some Christians. It's the way Christians carry themselves. We should be the ones that be so humble. Even though we know we write, sometimes we got to humble ourselves and close our mouth and we got to go pray and seek the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Because Lord, at this time, this is what I want to do. When we turn to him and turn away from them, guess what? They're going to see that light because you're going to grab that person because that person going to say, when they should have hit me, they didn't hit me. When I talked about them, they still loved me. See, there is a big difference, y'all, between light and darkness. So all of this stuff that we went over is showing you a dying world. And it's showing you how God put a righteous person in the midst of lost people to show himself strong, to show himself mighty, to let people know this is the life you need. You need eternal life. You don't need this type of life because this is what's going to happen with this type of life. You are going to die. I don't want you to die. I want you to live, to live. That's why I have a righteous person in the midst of you to tell you what is right according to my word. So let's look at part of being lost is being dead. Part of being lost is being dead. People that are lost, they are dead. How are they dead? They are dead spiritually, not physically. They are dead. Being lost is being dead. That's found in Ephesians 2.1. It says, in the past you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. So people that are lost, they're walking around like a dead man. And they're thinking, I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything in my life 
is okay. And I don't know about y'all, but my heart is going, has been going out for people that are lost that really don't know that they are lost because they're thinking everything is okay. You know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not treating nobody bad. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm helping this one. I'm helping that one. But you're lost. You're lost. The only way that you can be found is through Jesus Christ. The only way you can have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. So don't think that, how can I put it this way? Sometimes we think, you know, I'm okay. If they want to live that way, let them live that way. But we're supposed to have compassion on the inside of us. We're supposed to be interceding for the lost. Lord, they don't even know that they're lost. Lord, if there's something else I need to do, God, to help them to know and understand what you have done for them, God, show me. This is how we're supposed to be on a daily basis. So a person that's lost is like a dead person. That says it in Ephesians 5.14 also. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you the light. So it's dead people walking around and they act like they're okay, but they are lost. And God don't want nobody lost. He want all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So what we need to do in the midst of what's going on around us in COVID-19, every opportunity we get, we need to tell them about the love of God. We need to tell them what God has already done because people are still trying to do something to make things work in their lives. And I don't know about y'all, the harder we try to make something work, it's just not working. So we need to turn to the word of God and ask God, God, which way do you want us to go? God, what do you want us to do? God, how do you want us to do it? God, I plan it. God, you said as I plan it, somebody's going to water, but God, you're going to give the increase. Y'all, we're going in and out of stores during this um, time of COVID-19, we're passing a lot of people. Have we really taken the time to say, God, somebody in this store needs you? I don't know who it is, but let me be a magnet. Even if I got to stand six feet away, God, let me minister the love of God and let them know you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because God had a plan and a purpose for you over 2,000 years ago. It don't matter what's going on right now. What matter is where are you going to end up? See, this is how we're supposed to be ministering. But we're so quick to go in and out these stores like Flash, Flash Gordon, Zoom, 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 getting what we need, worrying about what might get on us. But don't we know we're going to be well protected because we're citizens of the kingdom and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be bringing life, and we're supposed to bring that life more abundantly. So if we're stopping six feet apart to tell them about the goodness of Jesus, don't you know he have us well surrounded? Don't you know he'll even bring up people within the stores, listening to what you say and got their antennas up and ready to accept Jesus because they can't take no more what's going on? They're trying to make ends meet, haven't got their unemployment. But when you walk up to them and say, God has already supplied that need. God said that there's nothing missing or nothing broken in him. And then you pull out a hundred dollar bill and say, God said, give you this. That's how God works. That's how he bring them to him to let them know, I heard your cry. That was a sinner. So God is giving that sinner an opportunity to get to know him. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to go tell the next person. Let me tell you what God did. I didn't tell nobody. 
I came into the store with nothing. I had no money, but I just had an unction to go to the store and just walk through the store. And God blessed me through somebody. There is a God. He does love me. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's how that light exposes. It, it conquers that darkness to let people know God still loves you. That's why we have the gifts of the Spirit. We need to take the time to take our mind off us and say, God, there's a lost person today. God, I want to be the one to help them to come into the light. So show me what, y'all know what that remind me of. Y'all remember Portuguese? That little woman, come to the light. Her short self, come to the light. <laughs> and that's all you saw was the light, begging the girl to come to the light to get rid of the darkness, right? And that's what we need to be doing. Y'all, it's a lot of people out here crying. It's a lot of people out here hurting. And we're the ones that can bring them to Jesus Christ. God did not put all this word in this Bible for it just to say, stay shut. He put the word in the Bible so the word can go in us. So when we go out without this Bible, the word comes out of us and it brings life to a dying world. And this is what this world need is life. 911, what's the emergency? The emergency ain't COVID 19. It's lost souls. And if we can, through the good news, offer salvation unto the ones that's lost, they're going to live even though they die. And we don't want them to die, but we know what we have done to give them what God will want them to have. Y'all, we got a long ways to go going through all of this. 911, what's your emergency? Because y'all going to see through these generations how God raised up men, how he raised up women to stand on his behalf and to bring what he would have to be brought into this dying world. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not about us. It's all about him. So let's work together to get this good news out to tell people about the goodness of Jesus. When they're talking about COVID-19, we need to tell them, no, that's not the emergency. The emergency is lost souls. And I guarantee you, when you start talking about Jesus, and it's going to overpower COVID-19, and it's going to give people hope against hope, and it's going to encourage them to let them know, I can make it. I can live and not die. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. God want us to go out and be disciples, y'all. So that's what we're going to continue to do through these teachings, making sure everybody do what need to be done. Amen? I'm going to ask one person to come up, the ones that's been here, and talk about what you have learned from Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 19, I believe, where we stopped that, right? I'm just waiting. I know who's been here the whole time. Guess nobody want to move but Brother Willie. Come on, Brother Willie. Brother Willie, 911, what's your emergency? Saving lost souls. Amen. Amen. Uh, we've been talking about saving lost souls. Uh, Apostle talked about uh, uh, the book of Genesis. Uh, God created, uh, God first created the world, 
and everything that was in the world. And she got to the point where she talked about uh, how God created man. <clears throat> and he gave man uh, the dominion over the world. You know, it put, he put, God put man in charge to, uh, to, rule the, to rule the things on the world. And um, she also talked about um, how uh, the enemy, which is Satan, you know, came in and tried to uh, upset, offset uh, things that God had had planned for the world. How he came to uh, came to Eve, tried to, to deceive Eve, and also he uh, left Eve and tried to uh, deceive uh, Adam. Uh, as well, and uh, but the, the things that God had planted for the world, you know, God, the whole time, God knew the things that He had planted for this world, even though that the enemy, you know, was trying to uh, change God's plan, it didn't work out for him. And also, uh, she talked about uh, how that God was uh, was so upset with the world was because the world was just full of evil. And God found one righteous man, which was Noah. And the Bible said that Noah preached the gospel for 120 years, you know, about, uh, you know, about the, uh, the wickedness and uh, the message that God, you know, had, had uh, planned for mankind. But uh, didn't nobody want to listen to him. So it came to a point in time that God uh, had Noah to just call to uh to God had Noah to get his family and uh you know to uh inside the ark and had Noah to get uh had Noah to get a male and a female of every creation and to uh lock them inside and we know that they all stayed inside for forty days and forty nights and then after uh the forty days and the forty night was over with uh Noah sent a dove out to uh, search the land to see, you know, whether it was uh, God. We we know that God flooded the land, and after the uh, that period of time, um, Noah sent sent the dove out, you know, to uh, search the land to make sure that uh, the land was, uh, you know, the flood was gone. And of course, it had dried up, and so uh, uh, God uh, uh, opened the uh, opened the ark and. The, let them all out, and from that point, you know, God began to uh, to rebuild, you know, the uh, the earth, and to uh, multiply, you know, in mankind, and then it got to a point uh, that Cain, uh, that God uh, asked Cain and offered Cain and Abel for a sacrifice, and that uh, I think it was Cain uh, sacrifice was uh, evil evil. And uh, Abel's sacrifice was good, and uh, so Cain was he he was upset, and the Lord asked him, you know, you know, why are you so upset? You know, if, if you do good, you know, uh, that uh. Brother Willie, let me stop you right there. Brother Willie was referring to those forty days. Um, it was, and the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bared up the ark, and it was lifted above the earth. But the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. So 
Yeah, hundred. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hundred and fifty days. Yeah, right. it rained for forty days and forty nights. Right. But it stayed up there right for hundred and fifty days. Yes. And yes. I want to say this when you said something, Brother Willie, because mm-hmm. I know you were listening, and you can go on and on and on because mm-hmm. you, you're a good listener. Okay, thank you. Remember when he said how um, nobody would listen to Noah, mm-hmm. but God said, "Take you and your family into this ark." What am I telling you guys? You're going to find a lot of people that don't listen. You're going to find a lot of people that don't want to hear what you have to say. But you have a family. You have ones in your household that you don't want lost. So what are we supposed to do within our house? We're supposed to live a life in our homes. Thank you, Brother Willie. That will draw them or drive them. And I'm going to give you this example. I remember when me and my husband got married, we were equally yoked because both of us were sinners when we got married. But later on in my life when things began to happen, You know, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but he was not saved. And this is one thing I did not understand. When um, I had a minister to come to the house, and he was praying, me and him was getting ready to pray, and I told my husband, I said, come on. He looked at him, he said, is he saved? I said, no, he ain't saved. He said, he can't touch and agree with us. And I I was kind of upset, because I'm like, why my own husband can't get in this prayer? Because... The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. He didn't even know the word of God. But anyway, long story short, the life I lived within my home, I didn't have to beg this man to accept Jesus because he saw change in me. He was watching me and I didn't know he was watching me. Things that I used to do like follow him the races and be behind him all the time. It didn't matter. Go ahead. Go ahead and leave. I had my Bible in front of me. I just stayed in the house. So he knew something is different about her. And then one day when he asked me, I want to accept Jesus. Y'all ain't even know how to minister salvation to him then. Because in the beginning, I was like, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. And the Lord told me, he said, leave him alone. I left him alone. I started living that life. He knew my life had changed. And all of a sudden, he want what I have. Can I tell y'all something? If you're in the home with people and they don't want what you got, you need to go back to the Father. And you need to say, Father, have I left a door or something open that's keeping them from receiving this good life, eternal life that's in me? God, is it something going on with me? If, if you done found out, no, you good, then what you do, you keep rejoicing. You keep giving God glory that sooner or later that family member's coming in because he said that when you get saved, that whole house shall be saved. That's what you look at. But if you're in the same house, what you're doing for the Lord, not doing it for show, but you live in that godly life. Somebody's going to want what you have. And they're not going to live any, they're going to respect you even though they don't want that life. I'm a living witness for that because granddaddy and grandmama, when we stayed in their house, I wasn't living right, but I respected his house. I knew he was a godly man and I knew I wasn't going to come in there any kind of way. So the life we live, it will speak to our children. They will not come around us any kind of way. They will not do things that's out of order because they know our lifestyle. So when your kids know your lifestyle, guess what they're going to do? They ain't going to allow nobody to talk about you any kind of way. They're going to let people know, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't talking about my mama. i give you an example. My son, Jeremy, Jolly Green Giant, he was at, I ain't going to say what job he was on, but anyway, a guy was talking about ministers. And all of a sudden, my name popped up. Now, Jeremy know his mother. When my name popped up, the guy was on the ground. Before he knew it, he had knocked him out. 
He said, you don't talk about my mama because you don't know nothing about my mama. I know my mama and I know what my mama do. What am I telling you? The life you live in front of your children, they know who you are. Now, if I was living a phony life and taking money like the person said I was taking, that's a different story. But he knew that lifestyle of mine. And he said, I just couldn't allow him to talk to you, talk about you any kind of way. And other children may do that, even though somebody may be wrong. But I give God glory that the way you raise children, they know who you are. They know what you allow and what you don't allow. And I remember the Lord told me to ask Jeremy a question. I said, Jeremy, I said, how do you see me? He said, I see you like I always see you. You don't let me... um, watch anything in this house you don't let me do anything in this house and you've been like that for years and you haven't changed you the same and that brought tears in my eyes I said look at there he know me he he know how me and his dad live so he know he ain't gonna come up in there with a case of beer he know he ain't gonna come up in there with a lot of cigarettes he know he ain't gonna do that because he respects who we are so we don't have to worry about him coming up in there and acting any kind of way why because he know who we are with the life that we live so what am i telling y'all we cannot tell people to live one way and we live in another you cannot tell people they're wrong in this area and you're wrong in another area let's just say you know what both of us got some work to do and the holy spirit is here to help us so let's allow him to help us instead of putting people down Let's encourage them in the things of the Lord because he who have not sinned, y'all, let him cast the first stone. So this is what we want to learn in this Bible study. We want to learn how to minister to the ones that are lost and quit trying to make them feel as if we're better. And we are in a way because we know where we're going, but we should not make them feel as if, you know, you don't, you going to hell anyway. It don't make no difference. So... Let's make sure we do it according to the word and not according to how we feel. Amen. Is there any announcements? Sunday, we will let everybody know whether or not we'll be inside the building. I think they're still um, deciding on which way they're going to go after the 29th as far as churches coming together. Um, The judge ruled that the churches could come back together for two weeks until a final ruling for what I understand so we're still waiting to see which way they want to go so either way we're going to get the good news right and I can say this openly miracle temple is not out of order we follow the rules and regulations of um, the government of whoever set out those rules and regulations we will not go outside of them We will follow them the way they need to be followed, but it will not stop what God want to do. Amen? So that's who we are. Amen, Sister Denise. So we thank God. Anything else? Okay. Deacons? Deacons?